1: New, New year. year.
0: First episode of 2020, 2020. This is season four, episode number one, and I wanted to come on here and do a solo episode. I've done 316 episodes of Life Transformation Radio and wanted to do an episode uh, for the listeners and for everybody who has supported the show, and uh, that's exactly what we're going to do. So this is Life Transformation Radio, and I am your host, master resilience implementer, TEDx speaker, business positioning strategist, and international best-selling author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 74 countries. So whether you're joining us for the first time or you've been listening to us, for, for quite some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here, we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing. We highlight that transformational that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community, and never miss an episode by subscribing wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Life Transformation Radio can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, the Himalaya app, the Google Play Music app, and now we are available on Pandora. I ask that you subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review and let us know how we're doing. My guests on the show are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasts, authors, amazing human beings that are impacting the world around them. And my guests are always sharing the most intense stories. And Life Transformation Radio is all about conversations that transform. So live during our show, you can call us up and talk to the guest and talk to myself at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. You can call in. And talk to me or the guests that I have on the show, and I invite you to do that today at 657-383-1109. Today, we're going to talk about conversations that transform, and I'm going to do the solo episode I've never done before, but I'm going to do a solo episode. I'm going to be talking about my story and how I have literally overcome the alcohol abuse, suicide, living life at a low level, to becoming a highly sought after speaker and building four businesses while serving in the military. And you can, again, join us at six five seven three eight three one one zero nine. So I am, like I said, a U.S. Air Force veteran, a TEDx speaker, a master resilience implementer, and a suicide awareness trainer a business positioning strategist and an international best-selling author. And my why, I always ask the guests on the show what their why is. I ask the guests three questions. The first question is, what is their why? And I always get a lot of different answers. And I love the question of what is your why because it speaks to the heart of exactly what you do and why you do what you do on a daily basis. And my why is that I'm a suicide survivor who hit rock bottom with no, pers- no purpose or passion. So with that, my belief is that you were created for a purpose. And once you unlock your true potential, you will elevate your life, which is why I created the Success Corps, which is an entrepreneurship speaker and business owner academy. I believe so much in entrepreneurship and building a life that you want with a business rather than creating a business and a separate lifestyle. Your lifestyle and business have to coexist. And I strive so hard to make that happen. Uh, no matter what's standing in my way, no matter what is my day-to-day uh, tasks that I have to perform or the barriers that block me, my goal is to create a lifestyle and a business that flourish together. And you have to have a support system for that. So in a highly interactive and engaging environment, utilizing online mentoring sessions and face-to-face workshops, I work with those entrepreneurs, speakers, and business owners to improve their positioning in the marketplace, which increases their profitability and decreases the anxiety and stress that they feel in their business so that their business can thrive. Considered an icon of influence in the new media space, I host this show, Life Transformation Radio that has thousands of weekly listeners live in over 74 countries. And I want to thank every single listener who has ever left a review on the show, called into the show, took time out to listen to their show. Uh, I want to thank you so much for making this show a popular show listened to in over 74 countries. I also created in 2019 an Affirmation and Empowerment clothing line called L-Y-B Clothing Inc. And L-Y-B stands for Live Your Brand. And I, and I believe so much in living your brand and representing your true self and living out your core values rather than living your life for someone else. Living in the reality of what other people think about you. It matters more what you think about you, how you value you, more than what somebody else values you. And so moving forward, after listening to the show, it is my hope that one person, a listener, a follower, somebody starts living their life on purpose for their purpose. Instead of walk around pleasing everybody and being one of those happiness chasers that says, I'll be happy when I'll be happy when this happens, just be happy now and then be happier when that one thing happens or build and create a life that you can be proud of and stop living for somebody else's approval. For years, I lived for my dad's approval. For years, I did things and said, Mom, are you happy for me? Dad, are you proud of me? This person, this person, this person, are you happy? Are you proud? And I derived value and success from somebody else. And that is not the way to live. It is absolutely not uh, the best way to go about living your life. What I learned in that is that I have to have self-love, and my friend Jonathan Trone talks a lot about self-love. You have to have self-love first in order to live a life of love, and I have to love myself first and be proud of myself first so that I can show others love and appreciation and, and everything that comes along with that, because I wasn't. That's not how I was living my life. One of the questions that I ask my guests are what is the transformational moment that has changed your life and put you on the path to what you're doing today? And I always love the answers to these questions. And the reason I ask this question is because mothers against drunk driving was started because their child lost their life to a drunk driver. Um, a lot of foundations are started because of something that happened in someone's life that made them join this path and and be on this journey um, of whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. Whatever happens in your life, people I know try to run away from it. They always want to run away from a hard moment, a stressful moment. Uh, they want to run run away from. Uh, anxiety, stress, depression—they want to think that that is is uh, something wrong, something bad that they shouldn't be experiencing this. What I tell people is to grow from these moments, not just go through them. Grow from each moment. You must absolutely grow, and if you're not growing, then you're dying. I strive to be one percent better than I am the day before, at work, on my show wherever I go, I want to strive to be better than I was yesterday, at least 1%. And I mess up, everybody messes up. You know, I, I had a show the other day that, that wasn't so good. And, and there was some technical difficulties that we had to work through, but we got it through and now I'm equipped better. So when those situations happen, I'm better equipped to manage that effectively uh, when something at work you know, in the military, work, uh, I'm still active duty. When something on active duty doesn't go right, I can learn from that. I can be better than I was the day before. Uh, you know, a parent, as a husband, how can I be better? And and I try to every day do what I can to make sure that everybody's taken care of, whether it be making the money, uh, during coaching, speaking, through the show, um you know, because you have to have money to survive, uh, paying bills on time, doing the adult stuff, paying taxes, uh, doing what it takes. I What I don't want to do is wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed, wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed, wake up, go to work, go home, go to bed. Like that sucks. That is not a life that I want to live, and I refuse to ever live a life of mediocrity. I strive every day to be the best in each moment, whatever that moment is and i want to strive and that's my goal my lifelong goal is to do that and if i can just do 1% better than i was yesterday i have a shot at uh, at succeeding what i what i love about conversations that transform is having those different conversations i had david wood on the show yesterday and it was absolutely incredible he was the last guest of 2019. I had 134 episodes of Life Transformation Radio in season three in 2019. Every season of my show is a year long. Some people do seasons that are six months or a couple of weeks or whatever. From So this is the day one start of season four. And my seasons are exactly year long. The show is Tuesday through Friday. It's live so you can absolutely call in and ask the guest questions. And I've had people call in. Uh, I had one guy in the first season. I had Rhonda Smith on the show and Rhonda Smith was on the show and we were talking about addiction. And I've had people troll my show. I have him on the show and I say, Hey, what's your question? And he says, well, this is literally what he says in season one in Rhonda Smith's show. He calls up and said, Hey, you have a question. He's like, I do have a question. Um, how do I keep my hands off my wiener? like right there on the show and now it is on this episode and i try to keep a clean show as possible and at first i was like oh my gosh i, I this is going to be atrocious my show's going to die this is going to be absolutely horrible this is the end of life transformation i can't believe this and i hung up on the guy well when i did that ronda was like well let's talk about that and she played it beautifully she recognized what was happening he was trolling the show i exited the call and i was like. Uh, oh my God. Uh, she goes, No, let's talk about that because that is an addiction. Let's talk about masturbation as an addiction. And we literally had a conversation about that. And it was that moment that transformed me as a host that says, Hey, whatever happens, happens. Most podcast hosts want to edit those things out, they want to edit the bad stuff, and they look all professional. I don't edit a thing. If you notice, 316 episodes now, 316 episodes, I haven't edited not one episode. I just don't. I don't edit the episode. I want the bumps and bruises in the show. I want the bad things in the show. I, I want it to be as transparent and as raw and as, as relatable as possible. I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have a, a professionally done show, but really what matters more? Is it the information that is delivered on the show or what matters more to people? Is it the production value? I mean, yes, audio matters. And, and right now my, my audio equipment that I have is a laptop that has a focus, right? Two I two mixer that I connected with the Heil PR 40 microphone. I started out with an audio technica 2020, which is a, um, which is, uh, n- not a, uh, dynamic microphone, but, um, I can't think of the name right now, but it's, um, Anyway, it's a different kind of microphone. I can't think of the uh, the name right now, but it is uh, is an, an Audio-Technica 2020, uh, and it picks up everything. You can literally hear a mouse farting in the next room over. Uh, those those condense, uh, condenser microphones, I just – now I think of it that I'm talking about it. Condenser microphones pick up every single thing. My kids are screaming upstairs. My microphone will hear it. The dynamic microphone allows the the noise and everything to go straight through right here. So if I talked over there, you'd be able to hear me barely, which is beautiful because I have a lot of family who don't know how to be quiet. And so I needed a dynamic microphone so it wouldn't pick up, you know, four children, you know, fighting or, or playing or you know one time my my daughter was doing dishes and and you know, it was just loud. So I have a dynamic microphone, a Heil pr 4 which is one of the best microphones you can get. I also have a Sennheiser microphone as a backup, and that is a dynamic microphone, and it sounds almost – I would say the Sennheiser sounds probably better than the Heil PR-40 mic, but um, I have the Sennheiser microphone, which is absolutely amazing, as a backup, and that's, that's my equipment, and I use Blog Talk Radio for my show over Libsyn and Podbean and Anchor and out and all the other ones because I want a live radio feel for my show because I want to go syndicated to FM stations with my show in 2020 and beyond. And I can have guests call into the show and talk to me, or I can have uh, the listeners call in and talk to the guests and me on the show which is amazing and it gets me prepped for like AF, you know, AM, FM, whatever. So that's why I use Blog Talk Radio for no other reason but so that I can have a live show and someone can call in and talk to me and the guests, just like they would on an FM show. Now Spreaker allows you to do a live show, but you can't call in. You can just listen live and it tells you when the show is live. But I love having a live show. And what I learned from Christopher Lockhead is that you must be different. Christopher Lockhead has a book called Play Bigger, How Pirates, Dreamers, and Innovators Create and Dominate Their Markets. And what I absolutely love love, is that um, he talks about being different, and he has a podcast, a very popular podcast called Follow Your Different. And in that podcast, he talks about what it means to be different. Instead of competition marketing, telling you and, and everybody else in the world you know how I'm better than a, than a podcast, I tell you how I'm different. And different is what people grab onto. Different is what sets you apart from everybody else. And different is absolutely what will be the decision, the, the deciding factor, the decision that people make in order to do business with you. I mean, essentially, you know, how are you different and and different cells? So Christopher Lockhead taught me that. And that's why uh, I choose to have Blog Talk Radio as my podcast host and platform because it is a live show that is repurposed into a podcast. Because I don't edit anything on the show, the guests get their show the same day they're on the show. I don't have to wait. Two weeks a month, three months for the for the episode to air it's already aired, and I get feedback immediately from from people uh that have listened to the show uh you know telling me like what they loved about the show um, what they didn't like about the show uh I mean I even have a chat set up you know I mean. I've just literally worked so hard at differentiating myself as a podcast host, and this is just one of the ways that I do it. So the transformational moments that we talk on the show, I I, I love these. The transformational moments that we talk about on the show take take hold in our lives more than you would suspect. And I'll give you an example. The transformational moment that happened to me was I was in my house on Christmas Eve of 2008. And I grew up in a in a rough, rough um, – I had a rough childhood. Uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was uh, probably first grade, second grade. My mom and dad divorced. My dad went into the Air Force, and then my mom remarried. From the time I was in second grade to the time that I was in seventh grade, I was physically abused, emotionally, mentally abused by my stepfather. My older sister was abused, but my younger sister was still kind of small. Um, I don't remember her getting abused too much, but it was mostly me and my older sister and my mom. There'd be many weekends where we would come home from visitation with my dad. My dad got visitation like every other weekend, uh, got a couple of weeks in the summer. We come home from a visitation weekend and my mom would have a bruise on her face or on her arms or um, she'd be in her room crying. And I just remember, you know, my stepfather was just not a nice guy. He just wasn't approachable. We always tried to avoid him. He always slept on the couch rather than in bed with my mom. He just he just slept on the couch. Literally, I think their whole marriage. He literally slept on the couch. And uh, and I just remember the whole childhood from second grade to seventh grade. Uh, it it was just abuse and screaming and yelling and cops and 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 all that. Uh, and that took a toll on me, from the time that I was born to the time that I was in in. Uh, high school and I graduated and went into the military. I lived in 11 different houses and I attended eight different schools. Because we would get I remember getting evicted out of our house once. Uh, we would run away from him and then he'd find us. Uh, we lived in my grandparents basement, a couple times, you know, we lived there for a year and a half one time. Uh, my mom found somebody else you know got a boyfriend or whatever then we moved in with him that didn't work out he was just as ridiculous and then we had to move out of his house and then my mom finally bought her own house and that's where I graduated high school from was the last place we lived was my mom just decided to buy her own house instead of renting and then uh, and then I, I graduated high school and uh, joined the military so I lived in 11 different houses and I attended eight different schools and in that time um you know i, I struggled you know I, I i got suspended from school from fighting i uh, i got suspended from school for talking back to teachers for not doing homework i graduated high school with a 1.9 2.0ish we didn't have enough money for college my older sister was already going to college we didn't have enough money for me to go to college my mom was paying for that uh i didn't have a good enough grades to even get into college so there's that and decided that on uh, 912, that I was going to go in the military. And I kind of thought about it. My dad was in the military. And again, I was a people pleaser. I'm like, well, if I go in the, into the Air Force, you know, my dad will be so proud of me. My dad will be so happy for me. Um, and he was. But it was for the wrong reasons that I joined the military. I was like, well, I'm not doing anything else, else with my life. I was working at Discount Tire as a warehouse manager. And I wasn't doing anything. That was literally my I was still living with, with my mom. You know, I literally lived with my mom, except she charged me a little bit of rent and I had to pay my own car insurance. I paid for my, I literally paid for everything except for like groceries and my mom paid the electric bill and all that stuff. But I paid for my own phone bill, paid for my own insurance, I paid for my own uh, um, gas and, uh, you know, and all that, anything I wanted. But I was literally working Monday through Saturday at Discount Tire in Port Huron, Michigan as a warehouse manager. Well, I quit, uh, I, I, I quit work there and joined the military. In November of 2001, I left for basic training, and uh, and it was it was awesome. The Air Force has been awesome. Uh, I've been all over the world, deployed many many times. But going from and Heath to Mountain Home to Utah, going to those places, I just I developed an alcohol problem. I built my first business in 2004, which was an entertainment company and the entertainment company was me and two other DJs and then a videographer and photographer. So I was videotaping speakers and selling it back to them on stage before that was even a thing. Right now what we see of is oh pay to play is you speaking at an event and we'll give you your video because every speaker needs video. We I've been doing that since 2004. That's not a new concept. I would we so we would basically produce the conference, produce the event we would produce a wedding, uh, a high school dance, uh, a graduation party, wedding reception, whatever it was. I never did a bar mitzvah, but we did a bunch of kits and yetas, I've done those, but we always had a videographer on site and a photographer, and we sold the video back to them and the pictures with the whole sound and music and everything. It was all one package. I was selling 10k packages long before everybody else was doing all that stuff. That's not a new concept. That's been done since, the, since forever. Um, but we were doing it digitally. I had a guy that would do it digitally. And you know, with the internet and social medias and everything that was going around, you know, it, it, video was starting to become a thing. And so I was DJing at bars and clubs and enlisted clubs and all that. And I developed an alcohol problem. And so in 2008, I showed up to work drunk. I was drunk on duty, which is against the Uniform Code of Military Justice. I showed up to work drunk. And uh, I, I was charged with an Article 112, which is drunk on duty. And that was literally going to be the end of my career. And uh, and so basically what happened was the military was like, look, commander referred is bad. Anything commander referred is bad. They said, look, commander said that you need to do this. But what we're going to do is we're going to make it to where, um, you know, you self refer. Everything you're gonna self-refer, but really it's commander directed. But you're gonna self-refer everything, and then um what's gonna happen is you know, we're gonna get you some help. You obviously clearly need some help. So I, I was drunk on duty, I was going to adapt, and then um I continued drinking, which you're not supposed to do in adapt. Try to you know continue building business. The build the business was making over five hundred thousand dollars. I mean, between me and the other DJs and the videographer, whatever, like I was living a life, a, a, a rock star lifestyle. I used that business as my own dating service, bringing women home from the bar, um, creating, you know, uh, making dates and going on lavish trips. I mean, this is this is what I did. I hung out. I had. I was little. I'd buy, you know, I'd buy the whole bar a shot. You know, I was racking up two, three, four hundred dollar bar tabs. You know, just for me and my friends and. I was the VIP, you know, getting, getting bottle service at a bar. Like that's, it was an ego thing. It was, I mean, people who knew me back in 2002, 2003, 2004, five, six. I mean, even, even my wife, like she knew who I, you know, how I was and, and I, you know, it was, it was all ego and all that. And, uh, basically, I, you know, I got knocked off my pedestal in 2008, I was facing, uh, administrative and, and, and just, you know, general discharge from the military for my drinking and, and my attitude. You know, I grabbed a supervisor and threw him over the desk because he told me that, Oh, your stripper girlfriend's going to look good on my lap at the bar, you know? And, and, and I just lashed out. I would just lash out at anybody. I would, I would just fight anybody who even talked crap about me, who looked at me wrong. I would just start fights because I needed to be the most powerful guy, the egotistical like that. That's how I was. I mattered more than anybody else. Uh, and, and that just, wasn't, wasn't a great way to live. So my house burns down in 2007 during a party. I lost a lot of friends in 2008, uh, in 2007, I got married to my wife and, and she kind of, I was like, okay, well, this is maybe the moment that I should probably straighten out my life. Like, this is really bad, but I continued DJing and doing the conferences and summits and bars and clubs and working with the group. But then in 2008, I got bought out, you know, and I, and I was basically, exiled from my own business um i lost a lot of the contracts for djing and everything i kind of lost that that was done my wife and kids left she was like you know we're gonna divorce that's it you're you're done i'm out cops were called a bunch of times to the house so so there's that the military was like you're done you know you're not you're not this isn't for you anymore so i was literally left on my own and in December of, of 2008, I tried to take my life. I had a nine millimeter in my hand. I was drunk on Jack Daniels, readying myself. And, and I talk about this in my TEDx talk. And, um, you know, the, the big thing is, is that I'm literally left there with the world crumbling around me. Well, I got phone calls from people people that I served with. I was getting phone calls from family, people were stopping by, you know, they they were checking on me and um and and, and they saved me, really. Um uh, you know, I was getting phone calls from my dad who I don't have a relationship with. Uh they they I had people from work banging on my door and they were trying to bust in and stop me from doing it and and then my supervisor took away all of my weapons and I had to stay with him at his house under suicide watch for like a week or two. And then my wife moved back into the house that we were living in because she was living with her mom. And um, and so I was staying with my supervisor. And that point it was like, okay, you need to get mental health counseling, you need to go to the chaplains. And I was anti-religion at that point. I I I was raised Roman Catholic, but I didn't believe in any any of that. You know, how can God uh, Love me so much, but then when why my life in shambles? Like why if, if I'm such a child of God and I'm I'm supposed to be so amazing, why is my life in shambles? Why am I ready to take my life because I suck? Like I'm a horrible person, and I had to learn that God remakes you inside of your brokenness. He has to break you in order to remake you, and. I had to have that mess to have a message, and I had to have a test to have a testimony. God always gives you the testimony for you to tell everybody else about the good works that he creates for you, and that's what I learned. You know, I hear people all the time that that, that say, God will never give you more than you can handle, and I'm here to tell you, and and I can prove it, that that's false. God will absolutely – give you more than you can handle and he will break you and he will push you to the ground and he will bury you and he will he will give you your rock bottom to where you can't succeed that that's just the truth god will always give you more than you can handle Always. And there's a purpose to that. And the purpose to that is because he wants you to rely on him in the darkness to bring you out of that darkness. When you are in the dark night of the soul, he wants you to rely on him. He wants you to reach out to him. He wants you. He needs you to grab a hold of him, grab scripture, grab God and say, God, please freaking help me. He, that's the whole purpose. That's the point. He wants you to reach out to him in your dark night of the soul. It's those that don't reach out to him that end up taking their life. And I'm sobbing in tears and ugly crying and praying to God, like, please help me, God. I don't know what to do. It was that moment that he reached out and had people come and save me. He absolutely will put more on you than you can absolutely handle. Scripture says that God will not tempt you. More than you can resist, which means that he will not put a beautiful woman in front of you and expect you not to be tempted. He won't put drugs and alcohol in front of you and not expect you to be tempted. He won't put money and fame and glory and ego in front of you and not expect you to be tempted. He will give you a way out. He does say that he will give you a way out from you being tempted, but he does not say that he won't break you more than, you know, more than you can handle. He absolutely says that he will absolutely put more on you than you can handle. People get it twisted and you got it twisted. If you think that God's not going to break you and then remake you, he just says that he won't tempt you beyond what you can handle, which is true. So, you know, there's a lot of temptation in life, but knowing that God is my savior will allow me to not be tempted beyond what I can control that my friends is what he promises. So here I am, 2009, getting, getting counseling, getting help, you know, doing everything I'm supposed to do. And then uh, the unit that I was in closed down. And so in February and March, I put in to, to be a drill instructor by the recommendation of my leadership. I was done drinking. I was done smoking. I was getting counseling for childhood abuse for a father that was never there for me, who literally told my mother that I have another family. And I can't really, you know, spend time with those other kids. I have another family to worry about. Literally, I told mom that. That's what I dealt with. My uncles and aunts were the ones that were my 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 dad. My grandfather, who passed away in 2013, was the one that showed me the things, you know, as a man. My dad, when I was a kid, um, you know, he was my, he was my little league coach and, and he did everything with me, but it seemed like when he had another family, that's when we weren't important enough. And, and he just did his own thing with his own family and just left us and me and my two sisters alone. That's what it seemed like to me. That was the perception, but I'm in 2009 getting counseling, getting help. And, you know, I got accepted to be a drill instructor. I got accepted to be a drill instructor, which which was that that second part of that transformational moment. The second part of that transformational moment was I went down to Lackland Air Force Base in 2009, reconciled with the wife. She came down to be with me, and you know her and the kids. And uh, a- and I learned how to be a speaker, a trainer, a mentor, a coach. In those four years from 09 to 13, I learned what it meant to be a trainer, coach, and I loved it. This was my high. I was getting booked to speak at colleges, at high schools, at different military events. I was the MC. It was absolutely amazing. I had to go through that dark night of the soul of attempting to take my life. I had to have that. That had to happen in order for me to have a mess. Because I became a drill instructor and I learned how to be a speaker and trainer and mentor, I then learned how to tell my testimony. I learned how to tell my story. I then became a resilience trainer with the military and a suicide awareness trainer with the air force. And that gave me a platform to tell my story. On In 2015, I had thought about, well, maybe I should become a, a paid speaker because I was already speaking. I was hosting my own events you know, I did four resilience seminars every single year. Uh, we created a, on, on base, on, on Seymour Johnson Air Force Base where I was stationed, we created an event called Storytellers. And Storytellers was where we had, had the airmen, the, the people stationed here, the military people, come and tell their story. And the whole premise was you never know who you're serving with. The whole premise was you never know what people are dealing with. You never know what people are carrying around with them. And if that's true, then why not tell their story? So we had pilots that ejected over the Balkans. We had a we had uh what was his name? Um we had a guy who was shot in Columbine High School and he was serving here, Seymour Johnson, and he was shot in Columbine High School. We had a father who lost his daughter during a routine dental exam. The whoever the person was, the story goes, whoever the person was that was that was numbing the gums left air in the needle and and put air into that per- like when they shot her up with with the numbing medication there was some air and that traveled her system and then she died she was four or five years old and she died and uh and now there's a foundation set up for people that have dealt with this he set up a foundation in her name and these are the stories that were told and so i was hosting my own events and i said okay this is it in 2016, I wrote my first book called Decisions, The Power to Overcome Self-Defeating Behaviors. In 2017, I launched this show, Life Transformation Radio. I was speaking everywhere. I was speaking at Steve Olsh's event, New Media Summit. I was speaking at, at different podcast events like Outliers Podcast Festival with Ever Gonzalez. I was speaking at One Life Fully Lives with Christopher Lockhead and John Roman and, and Hal Elrod and Tim Rode and it, it, life was like, oh my, this is it. Like, it, but but think about how long it took though. In 2008, I went through that 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 dark night of the soul. I I attempted suicide. In 2009, I learned how to tell my story. I was a drill instructor and I learned how to speak and learn how to be a, a trainer. I always say, let your mess be your message and the test be your testimony. In 2009, I became a drill instructor and I was amazing at it. I, I led 10 flights through basic training of about 50 to 60 uh, trainees. Nine of them had won awards. Nine. Four of those nine who won awards were deemed warrior flight, which means they were the best flight in basic training. Out of 16 flights graduating, mine was the best flight. I did that four times. I led flights through basic training. I pushed them. Everybody talks about pushing a flight. My mentality was I led a flight. I was the leader. I led them through basic training, not pushed them. I learned how to be a speaker, and then I had a platform as a resilience trainer and a set awareness trainer to tell my story. I got paid speaking engagements by searching call for speakers on Google. I asked different military bases if I could come tell my story. I asked other speakers, where are they speaking? And then I contacted events that they were speaking at to see if I could be a speaker there. I, that's what I did. If I had a friend who was speaking at this event, let's call it marketing summit. If I wanted to speak there, I would contact the host of the marketing summit and say, hey, my friend John is speaking there. I'd love to speak there. What does it take? I don't know. What does it take? And that's how I learned in 2016 to be a paid speaker was I looked at where other people were speaking at. I talked to the event planners. I said, you know, how, do, what does it take to get on your stage? What are we going to do? I don't, I don't know. What do I going to do? They said, well, it's got to be these one through whatever, five things. And then that's what I did. I was a guest on other people's podcasts, which then event planners heard those podcasts and they invited me on their podcast on their stage. And that's how I literally built my speaker business was guesting on podcasts, getting in the media, contacting local news media outlets and websites and searching call for speakers and applying to to speak. I then did that in 2017. I spoke 20, 25 times that year, which has been every, every year since. and, and I spoke at TEDx in 2017. And then in 2018, uh, I, I again was launching uh, more things and, and, and building a business. And then just in 2019, I created my affirmation and empowerment clothing brand called LYB Clothing, Inc., which is Live Your Brand. That's what LYB stands for is Live Your Brand. I believe that you must live your brand, not somebody else's. People wear their teams on their shirt because that's what they love. They love their sports team. People wear Abercrombie and the buckle Clo whatever lucky brand, whatever sold at the buckle, Banana Republic, Airpostle, American Eagle. They wear those brand up clothing not because they like them, it's because it shows status. It's because I'm somebody because i um because I wear these clothes. you know, do you wear guests? Guess jeans. Uh, do you wear a certain brand of jeans? That's a hundred dollar pair of jeans because somehow it makes you feel more important. Why wear an Armani suit when you could just wear a twenty dollar suit, right? People wear clothes because they they represent, um, you know, status. People don't just regularly buy a BMW because they have great gas mileage. BMWs, Ferraris, Lamborghinis. Sports cars, supercars, they buy these cars because it gives them status. That is the – let me tell you something. Look at the watches. You could buy any watch you want. Why buy a Rolex? Status. Rolex doesn't make watches. They make status. Ferrari doesn't make cars. They make status. Because you buy a Ferrari, you are supposedly somebody. I mean, think about it, right? Am I wrong? Prove me wrong. Somebody prove me wrong. Rolex, why do you need a Rolex? Go get a Timex watch. What's wrong with a Timex? I have a digital watch. My wife got me a digital watch for Christmas. I love the thing. It's awesome. Counts my steps. I can check Facebook on it. I can make phone calls on it. Makes me look like a secret agent. It's awesome. Why do I need a Rolex? Unless I want to be thought of as somebody important. Let's, let's just, that's what it is. I built LYB Clothing, Inc., the Affirmation and Empowerment Clothing brand for other people to believe in themselves, for other people to believe in what they're doing. And it's an Affirmation and Empowerment Clothing line that empowers people to live their brand. Their brand is your core values. Whatever your core values is, and I sign off the show every time with live your brand. Follow your core values that is live your brand that's it that's that's literally your core values is your brand follow your core values and live the life that you were meant to by following your core values not somebody else's don't live in the reality of what other people think about you live in the reality of what you think about you and love yourself that's what i learned so here in 2020, on this first episode of Life Transformation Radio, it's my honor to tell my story. And I'm not a success story. I battle every day. I literally battle every day. I may look perfect on Facebook, may look perfect on LinkedIn, or maybe I don't. I don't really care. What I care about is being 1% better and helping as many people as I can. I want to help people. If you're if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a speaker, if you're a business owner, I want you to improve. I want to help you improve your positioning in the marketplace. That's what I want to do. I want to help you get booked on stages, get booked on podcasts, market your book to number one, create, launch, and monetize your podcast, your book, your business, whatever. I love building businesses. And so if you want to get serious in 2020, I want to work with you, I want to help you. I want to get booked at as many stages as I can. I want to get booked on as many podcasts as I can because I believe that I can be of value to someone and support them. And that is my mission. That is my why. I want to support you and be of value to you everywhere I go. And with that, I want to conclude this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Life Transformation Radio. Subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and review and let us know how we're doing. And with that, I close the show by saying live your brand. Have a great and amazing 2020. Live your brand. Follow your core values in everything that you do. That's what I call living your brand. And with that, have an amazing, amazing 2020.